Grace is needed now more than ever. By grace, our anger and our emotions can be controlled toward one another. This week, Dr. Dixon teaches from the Word of God how to resist the enemy of our soul, the devil, and receive the enablement to treat others as you would want to be treated. Well, bless the Lord. You know what? It is so good to treat other people the way that God treats you. Oh, yes. Do you know that grace is needed more today than ever before? And that's how God treats us. He he treats us with grace, mercy, and forgiveness. And that's the way we should treat others as well. You know, I stand on the Bible. I stand on the word of God. And it says in James 4 and 6, in the NCV translation, God gives us even more grace. As the scripture says, God is against the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Huh. A lot of times you might wonder, what is grace? I like to think about it from the acrostic for grace. I've been saying it uh, forever. God's riches at Christ's expense. <laughs> That's spot on, isn't it? God's grace could be defined as this. God gives us what we don't deserve, while mercy could be defined as this. God doesn't give us what we do deserve. See, we're saved by grace and not by works. That's what it says in Ephesians 2. And that's why the gospel is such good news. Because if we had to depend on works, wouldn't any of us, we'd never make it. Mm -mm. No way. And none of us could ever be sure if we'd done enough good works to save ourselves. Thank God for grace. Thank you for his mercy. Thank you for his forgiveness. Oh, my goodness. That's why it's so powerful when you start talking about grace, because you start thinking about the effect of it in your own life and just what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. Oh, oh, oh. and all we have to do is repent, confess, have faith in Christ. All of that is made up by the grace of God that we're enabled to do so. And it's free. It's free for us. But it was the utmost expense. To God. Hmm. You ever think about that? I tell my grandsons all the time as I'm talking to them and they're getting older, some becoming men, and my granddaughter have one. And it is this, that when you have parents that are looking out for you and wanting the best for you, it costs them a lot. It doesn't come easy, but it seems easy because you're the recipient and didn't seemingly cost you anything. So it is with pastors and churches as well that members should value their pastor, value the shepherd that God has placed and set them under because a lot of of the blessings that they receive that, you know what, don't even deserve it, didn't do anything to deserve it, (laughs) but it is given because that shepherd is in a posture of prayer and preparedness concerning that that God is saying to release upon the nation. See, it works. It works in different layers, but it's all the same. What's all the same? God's grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. Oh, God is so good. And you know what? Whenever, such as today, this day that we're in, to make it through this extraordinary crisis of a pandemic and social unrest, you need to treat yourself and others the way God treats you, with grace, mercy, And forgiveness. God is so good. You know, grace is when God always gives you what you need. 
You, th you think about it. He always gives you what you need, not what you deserve. If you got what you deserve, you wouldn't even be here. God gives us even more grace, as the scripture says in James 4 and 6. God is against the proud, but he gives the grace. He gives grace to the humble. Mm -hmm. God opposes the prideful and arrogant. Don't be that way. You know why? Because they think they can do it all by themselves apart from God. Oh, no. They don't think they need God or his grace. They approach life, even life in turmoil, with the mindset, if it's going to be, it's up to me. And without the grace of God, that's, that's the mindset that they're saying in it. But when you're humble and you admit that you can't make it through this situation on your own, God opens the floodgates of heaven. He pours out his grace and he expects those who have been shown amazing grace. Here I go. Just went to another level, shipped it. He expects you that have been shown me, that have been shown us, that have been shown amazing grace to then show that grace to others. Yeah. Mm. Everybody's having a tough time doing that right now. But to maintain your emotional health, you need to cut yourself some slack and do the same for others. Everybody's feeling the stress, particularly the millions of people who are out of work and concerned about the future. Maybe even about how they're going to make it to the next day. You ever thought about that? So be kind. Be gentle. Even the hardest people to love are fighting some kind of battle right now and need your grace. Hmm. <laughs> and when you do it, let me tell you, it's going to take a whole lot of humility. When tensions are high, it's easier right now to return wrong for wrong. Give a sharp answer without the benefit of the doubt and speak before listening. Your neighbor needs your grace. Your children need your grace. The person you disagree with politically needs your grace. Do you know the world is on the defense and there's nothing that will disarm people more than being given unexpected grace? Mm. God has given you and I great grace. So go and extend that grace to others so that they can get a glimpse of what Jesus has done for them through you. I love that acrostic of grace. It's just simply awesome. And, and God's riches at Christ's expense. You know, Jesus said in John 3, verses 3 through 7, he said, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. But the best translation is that we must be born from above. That's what the Greek indicates. If we are born from above, then we can't boast about it. In fact, I don't think we can boast about anything. First Corinthians 4 and 7. Read it. You know, see, we can't. Nothing that would be like bragging about your natural birth, which, by the way, you had nothing to do with. You did not plan that you would be born. You didn't plan where you would be born and you didn't plan who your parents would be. No, mm -mm. this was beyond your reach or ability to control any of that environment because you didn't even exist at the time. But God, but God, but God, God has always existed. God has always planned this from the beginning. Mm. He had a foreordained plan, Ephesians, the first chapter. <laughs> Woo! He planned it. And I hope you understand that there's nothing we did to earn it. 
nor could ever do to earn it. The only thing we can really do is to repent and trust in Christ. But even here, we can't come to Jesus unless the Father draws us. You ever thought about that? John 6 and 44. And God is the one who grants repentance. 2 Timothy 2 and 25. Jesus chose his disciples, not the other way around. And today, he's still doing the choosing. Mm. We got to come and repent to God. But Jesus will choose the disciples that follow him. Mm, That's something to think about. Salah. Lazarus, he had been dead for four days. And there was no possible way he could have raised himself to life. Nor could any of his family or friends. So when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, did Lazarus contribute anything to that? (laughs) Jesus did not go into Lazarus's tomb and ask him to blink an eye and I'll do the rest. Mm -mm. Jesus didn't tell him, if you really, really want to be raised from the dead, Lazarus, say something. No, Lazarus had nothing to do with being raised from the dead. Paul reminds us of this, that we were dead in trespasses and sin. Oh, I just love the book of Ephesians, the second chapter. That's where this is. And then he said, and even when we were dead in our trespasses, mm, he, Jesus, made us alive together with Christ. Look what God did for us. By grace, you have been saved. That's in Ephesians, second chapter. And dead men don't choose Christ. Let me tell you, when the Apostle Paul was speaking here in Ephesians, he was speaking directly to you and me. And you know what he was telling us? You who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. How? By the canceling out. He canceled the record of debt that stood against you and me with its legal demands. Oh, I like to put it like this with all the evil devices of this world. (laughs) He set all that aside. How'd he do it? Nailing it to the cross. Colossians 2, 13 and 14. So it was God who made us alive. That means salvation is fully a work of God. And that's why he receives all the glory. It was not a result of works. So that no one may boast. What Ephesians 2 and 9 says. I believe the word. (laughs) Oh yes. Thank God for grace. Thank God for mercy. Thank God for forgiveness. When David became king over all of Israel. David asked whether any of Jonathan's family were still alive. David loved Jonathan. But after Jonathan had been killed. David wanted to show kindness to any of his relatives that were still alive. So. David found out that Jonathan, the son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. And his nurse picked him up in a hurry and was fleeing. But as she hurried to leave, the child fell and became disabled. And his name was Mephibosheth, 2 Samuel 4 and 4. That's when David summoned Mephibosheth, who came to David and fell on his face and prostrated himself before him. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he said, here's your severance. And David said to him, don't fear. I'm in 2 Samuel, the ninth chapter. Just look at this with me. Sixth and seventh verse. This is so wonderful about mercy. Mm. Don't you fear. 
Mephibosheth. I'll show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan, and I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your father, and you shall eat at my table always. Oh, that is so wonderful. That just refreshes my soul. Oh, mm. in true humility, Mephibosheth said, what is your servant that you should show regard for a dead dog such as I? That's how he saw himself. And you know what the king said? He called the servant lady that had dropped him in. He called the servant forth, and his name was Ziba. And he said to him, all that belonged to Saul and to all his house, I have given to your master's grandson. David told Mephibosheth's servant, and you and your sons and your servants shall till the land for him and shall bring in the produce that your master's grandson may have bread to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, shall always eat at my table. <laughs> then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. And he lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both his feet. Let me tell you something. That's grace right there. That's mercy right there. Oh, oh my God, that's forgiveness. Do you know you can sit at the king's table and be considered one of the king's sons and daughters? Woo. Mephibosheth was now seated with the king and he certainly did nothing to deserve this graciousness. Mm -mm. He had nothing to do with it, his being born to Jonathan. But a great point is this. Like Mephibosheth, we came to the king with crippled feet. On our face, bowing before the king, bringing nothing to the king's table. But like Mephibosheth, we, you and I, shall have all the bread we need, even though we were nothing more than a dead dog. Oh, my God. Mm. Now, we have no need to fear when we come before the king. Just like Mephibosheth's servant, Ziba, the land that belonged to Saul is given to us. The land will produce and provide for us. Oh my God, do you realize we were all disabled in sin? Thank God for forgiveness. We were all dead dogs. We all brought nothing to the king's table. Yet, like Mephibosheth, do you know we all can eat on the king's table, from the king's table, be like one of the king's sons or daughters? That is grace and mercy and forgiveness to the mm degree. <laughs> to the nth degree. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Another remarkable doctrine of the Bible is that we can have Jesus' very own righteousness imputed toward us. Imputed is an accounting term. That means counted toward us. You know, that's only because it was for our sake. He made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him, in Jesus, we might in Christ become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. Do you realize it was the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus for all who believe? Oh, yes. There was nothing else. No distinction. We all have sinned. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. And you know what? We're justified by his grace. We're positioned and put in a, a position to be prepared for the outpouring of what God's going to do in this hour for our generation because of grace. Oh, my God. God is an awesome God. God is a mighty God. He has passed over former sins, former injustices. Oh, he's passed over our former ways of proudness. Passed over all of that. Mm. 
How did we contribute to this? Nothing. All we had to do was receive it. Do you know, in this day and in this hour, I want you to know grace, mercy, forgiveness. It is unearned. It's unmerited favor of God at Christ's expense. It's what he gives us that we do not deserve. Oh, yes, that we cannot earn it. That's why grace is so amazing. That's why his mercy is just without a limit. Oh, my God. That's why his forgiveness makes you so humble. Oh, oh. It's what he gives us that we do not deserve. One songwriter penned a song called Amazing Grace. (laughs) Do you know when God looks at us, he doesn't see the sinful, wicked, wretched sinner anymore, but he sees the righteousness of Christ. He sees a son or daughter of the king. He sees us all a work of God, all for the glory of God. (laughs) Thank God for grace. Thank God for mercy. Thank God for forgiveness. Uh, Well, my prayer for you is that God allows you to live as long as you want and that you never want as long as you live. I am Carol Dixon and this is Dash. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Dash is connecting to millions of people all over the globe. And we are asking our listeners to help us continue to further our reach by giving. Through your generous gift and donations, it helps us to disseminate this podcast to your location and all over the world. And since Dash is a 501c3 organization, every generous gift is tax deductible. To learn more, please email us at IamCarolDixon at gmail.com. For we want to serve billions of people positively, productively, and prayerfully. We want to thank you for being a part of the Dash community. For you are the very best part of Dash Podcast. And remember, Dash is always on.